Well, good morning. Man, come on, somebody. Philippians. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 1. Over the next five weeks, we're going to be in the book of Philippians, the letter of Philippians. This is incredible. I love it. I was going to do this one-off sermon series, and, and then I just decided we need to do a book. I mean, what's better than doing a book of the Bible and going through? And this something I really loved and enjoyed this year is just doing um, these, these surveys over each chapter um, through different books. And so we did Nehemiah, we did Job, we did some other books. And so I'm excited about Philippians. And just to give you some story of Philippians. Um, it, it is based on a church plant that started in Acts chapter 16 is when this book started. And so, so on contrary, this, this, this video is kind of heavy. <laughs> um, that was kind of heavy video. And this is actually a very encouraging letter. In fact, it's one of the only letters, um, it is the only letter that Paul doesn't rebuke the church. How many of you are thankful that we aren't going to get rebuked this morning? Like, man, Pastor, you've been slapping me around quite a bit lately. My cheeks kind of hurt. I'm just a little tired. And so, so man, um, and, and then some of us are tired just because we haven't been sleeping much because, you know, we've been watching the OT with the Spurs and the Lakers. Go Spurs, go. Come on, somebody. That was awesome. And, I mean, we won it twice. I mean, who is King LeBron? Who is this guy right now? You know, all those. I'm sorry. I'm glad, man, I'm glad Keaton's not here today. In fact, that's probably why he's not here today. And, uh, some of you didn't sleep because you've been watching the Red Sox and the Dodgers and this seven-and-a-half-hour game, the longest game in World Series history. Who stayed up and watched that game this week? All right. Yeah, y'all are all very intelligent. I'm speaking to an intelligent audience this morning. <laughs> yeah, man, well, I'm, I guess I'm the only one tired um, in this place, and that's okay. I'll be alone, but... Um, you know, maybe we can love one another and love would abound after we read Philippians chapter 1. So and let me set this up for us because I'm really excited. I'll start this series and then Austin will preach our last week on, on the fifth week and just talking about Thanksgiving and rejoicing and what that means and um, how we shouldn't be anxious about anything. And so um, in Acts chapter 16, you have three characters in Acts chapter 16. And y'all can take this home for homework if you want, if you like that word. If you don't like the word, just take it home to your devotional, the time you spend with Jesus. Um, and, and, and Acts chapter Chapter 16, what we have here, we, we find three people. The first person is Lydia. Lydia is here, and she's a businesswoman. She's an entrepreneur. She's very successful. She, she's a fashionista. She, she sells purple cloth. She, she's um, actually pretty wealthy um, from all accounts. And, and, and Paul comes to her and actually presents the gospel to her, and her life is forever changed. And she starts following Jesus, her and her household. It's incredible. And then the second character we have in Acts chapter 16 is we have this slave girl. This slave girl who is, who is full of fortune telling to make money and full of, full of uh, the demonic. And, and Paul encounters her and he actually engages her with the gospel. She gets set free. She gets delivered. Her life changes. And, and, and it was great for her, but not so great for Paul because they took Paul to prison right after that. They were like, Paul, this is crazy. You're crazy. Whatever this gospel is, you're going to jail. And you can't stop Paul. That's what I love about the gospel. You can't stop the gospel. Um, for thousands of years, they've been trying to stop the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and it is unstoppable because it's a, it's a, it, 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 he's amazing, and God's in control. He's on the throne, and his mission's going to go forward. So they're, like, going to lock Paul up, and, and they, they put Paul in chains, right? And, and these aren't just, like, the ordinary chains or the chains of this intro video. The, 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 the chains that they would put in a Roman prison would actually... 
mess with your body and stretch every ligament and that you would be inflicted constant pain over your body. And in this moment, as his body's being contorted, is that the right word, contorted? Oh, man, come on, somebody. And, and as it's doing this, lots of coffee this morning. You should see me first service. Praise God you weren't here. And, and it was doing this. He started singing songs. He started singing songs during his affliction, during his pain, when his ligaments and his joints are being popped out of place. Um, he's starting to sing praises and worship, and, and so much so that the, the jailer um, sees the miraculous power of God and gives his life to Jesus. It is an incredible moment. This is the man who writes this letter in Philippians. This man writes it to these three who started the church in Philippi, this metropolitan city, this, this city of a lot of influence. These three were the church planters in the city. It's a pretty powerful moment because, because what you have is um, Paul, 10, 15 years later, he's writing them this letter. In Philipp he writes the, this letter, Philippians, and he is so excited to write them this letter. Like, he's rejoicing in the church. I mean, he remembers, like, three people from three different walks of life coming together under the banner of Jesus, and the gospel is being spread throughout the city, and it's multiplying. This is a incredible moment and he is excited to write this letter and as the intro video just read the scripture for us this morning I just want to highlight a couple of things that I want to point out to us this morning the first thing that we need to know in verse 3 it says I think my God in all remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. The first thing you need to know is you are partners. Everybody say, I'm a partner. I'm a partner. You are a partner. Not a, just a partner of anything, but a partner of something very important. You are a partner of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are a partner in this kingdom together. You are up in partnership. And this is amazing because I'll never forget the first moment that I met Austin Fontenot. Austin Fontenot, there was this man is the legend. And he, he dressed like a legend too. He had big old studs. He had like a, you know, a little race car. It was awesome, man. He dressed from head to toe. He was very relevant, you should say. And he was going from dorm to dorm, from room to room, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with all the students. He was telling them, man, Jesus changed my life in Austin, Texas, and, and I got to tell you about who Jesus is. You got to come hear about Jesus. And he's sharing the gospel. He's inviting them out. He's seeing people come to know Christ, and he's starting to disciple them, put them in, the, in, in purple books and discipleship meetings and all this stuff. And I hear about this legend, and I was like, man, I got to go meet this legend because it, what he's doing is attractive. What he's doing is amazing. What he's doing, I want to be a part of, and so I need to reach out to Austin. So I call Austin. And we meet up, and all of a sudden I look at him, and he doesn't look like me. And I'm like, man, you're a lot cooler than me. <laughs> I'm a West Texas boy. I think at that time I was probably wearing some kind of polo something, polo hat, polo shirt, polo jeans, polo everything, right? And, and I was like, man, you and I, we don't look like each other. We, you and I come from different backgrounds, but, but what you're doing for the gospel is amazing and attractive. What you're doing for the gospel, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a partner with you. And so we started partnering, and we were like, man, we're going to do uh, something that amazing in San Antonio. We're going to share the gospel with people who we come in contact with. We're going to get 
see that those people be changed by the gospel and disciples be made. And, and it's been a, such a joy to see a church being planted out of a partnering with a man who has partnered with the gospel. And, and we see so many people respond to it. Angel Vasquez gets saved in our ministry. He, he meets Hannah. Hannah and them come together. They have a baby. So they love each other, apparently. And, and it's awesome. And God starts doing a work. He starts changing lives. And they come into this gospel community, the church, the church. And they come together, and it's amazing. And this is what happens. And, and, and it's all centered around this partnership of what the gospel, what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ that Jesus saves those who are lost and not just saves them, but adopts them. Uh, the analogy of this and that's overdone too much, obviously, Jaron, is when somebody's in the middle of the ocean and they're drowning, there's no life jackets, there's no life vests, there's no boats, and without Christ, you are doomed to die. Without Christ, you're doomed to hell. And yet Jesus comes in his miraculous mercy and his saving grace. And he, he throws a life jacket out to you. And he doesn't just leave you like, see you later. He says, no, come here, here. And he reels you into the boat. And he takes you in the boat. And you're soaked and you're wet. And you're in the boat. And he takes you to shore. And he clothes you. And he feeds you. And he starts doing all these things. And he starts bringing you into his house. And he makes a dinner for you. And, and he feeds you. And he says, man, you are loved. You are not only saved, but you are in this family. Look around. Look around. Everything you see is yours. Everything you see is yours because you are my son. You are my daughter. This is good news. How many know that's good news? Am I the only one who thinks that's good news? I think that's incredible news. And this is the good news of the gospel of Jesus. This is what we are partners in together at Luminous Church. And this should bring a confidence inside of you. In fact, that's what Paul wants. He wants confidence to come up inside of you to be raised up so that you would start walking confidently. Kind of like Austin with studs, except your stud is Jesus. That's stupid. Okay, so <laughs> be confident says this in verse 6, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you will see it through to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. How many of you know you just want to start framing that and putting on mugs and putting it all around the place? Am I the only one? It, it, no, no, go to Lifeway uh, Resources. They, they're everywhere, right? This is what happens. It's like, no, he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. I love that because that's good news. I need to know that. I need to know no matter what my circumstance is, no matter what happens, no matter what wall I'm against, that he's going to see me through to completion. You ever hit a wall? Anybody ever hit a wall here where you're just like, man, I don't know if I can take another step. I don't know if I can go on anymore, Pastor. I just don't know if I can take, I can breathe another breath. I'm going to tell you that he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. That he's not giving up on you. He's not forsaking you. He loves you. He's after you. He's pursuing you. He's encouraging you. He's building you up. This is what he does. This is who he is. I'll never forget my friend Tyler. Tyler and I, we were at a youth camp, and we're hanging out, and he's a youth leader. He's coming, supposed to be coming spiritually fit, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's kids here, man, going to hell, and you got to share the gospel with them, Tyler. And, uh, but Tyler was struggling. Tyler was having a hard time. He hit a wall. 
hit a wall like some of us. And Tyler's like, man, I just don't know if I can go on. I just don't know if I can do this. I just feel so much anxiety and so much pressure and so many things coming against me. I just, I don't know. And so we just started partnering with him. We started partnering with him as the body of Christ partners together. And we started loving him and encouraging him. And we started saying these words over him. We started saying um, Philippians 1.6. I'm sure of this, Tyler, that he who began a good work in you, Tyler, he will bring it to completion, Tyler, at the day of Jesus Christ, Tyler. Do you believe it, Tyler? He goes, I don't believe it yet. Well, let's start confessing it. I can't confess it. It won't leave my mouth. Have you ever come against a wall like that? I just, I can't speak good. I just, I'm, I so much anxiety, so many walls. I, my mind is locked up. I just, I don't know if I can really confess it. So we sit there and I say, repeat after me. He who started a good work will see it through to completion. He who started a good work will see it through to completion. He who started a good work will see it through to completion. Tyler's like, he who started a good work will 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 see it through to completion. And he begins to confess it and pronounce it. And we start praying and we start believing and we start partnering. And after three hours, you know what happens? Tyler comes with his head low. But after that, he walks with his head high. Because he knows what Christ did for him. He knows what Jesus has done for him. This is an amazing thing. This is called building each other up in the most holy faith. This is what Paul would encourage you to do is that you would build each other up. November 8th, mark your calendar. We're having an engage the spirit here. Jim LaFoon will be here. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to build you up. He's going to encourage you. That's why we do engage the spirits. Like, is this a living God? Is he real? Is he amazing? Well, then let, let's come and meet him and let him speak life into your very dry bones so that you may arise and awake, O oh sleeper. And Christ will shine upon you, and you will start walking like you haven't walked before. This is what Paul's saying. Hey, Philippi, you, you're amazing. Your church is awesome. I know it's been hard. There may have been some things that happened, but I want to let you know that there's a confidence that comes up inside of you when you start walking in the truth of the gospel. There's a confidence that you can start walking in knowing that he has not left you, that he's right there with you. And how many of us may be looking at some other things for some confidence? And you ever look for anything for confidence i do that all the time i'm working around the house i'm doing dishes hey babe see dishes yeah i did that i did that and nothing nothing you know nothing happens i'm i'm i'm, I'm going around places constantly looking for affirmation constantly looking at these things but but the gospel is your affirmation the gospel is the only affirmation you will ever need in your life for it defines you and makes you and shapes you and november 6th it's not going to be a pretty day in our country November 6th, some of you are going to be super confident. Yes, my candidate won. And others of you are going to be very deflated. <sighs> Man, I give up on life right now. Woe is me. I'm just amazed how many of us look at political climate for our confidence and how to walk for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now, go vote. Go vote. If I could say anything, go vote. Mr. Mr. David Ruggles put all the voting things on the window back there at our events and go vote. Go, go make your voice heard. People pay the price for that. Go do it, but, but don't let that be your confidence. Because if you're putting confidence in that check mark, confidence in that vote, I'm going to just say that you could be very disappointed. Very disappointed. So we see this, that, that we, need, we need this confidence, and the confidence is in the gospel, and that love prevails. 
Love prevails. Y'all need to know that. Love prevails. Verse 9, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That your love would prevail, that your love may abound more and more. How many of you, like, when you first went out with somebody, you were like, man, I love you. And then they, what did they say back? I love you more. Right? Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? Some of that, it's too long ago. Y'all need to go back out. I, I love you. I love you more. My, um, Brandy and I would do this to each other all the time. I know I love you more. No, stop it. I love you more, you know? And, and, and that's really what Paul is saying is, man, let your love abound more and more. Like, let it keep going. Let it, that meet and greet, that two-minute time where you go see each other, man, I love you. Hey, stop it, man. Don't touch me. Don't hug me. No, you come here. I'm giving you a big hug. You can't, can't stop this hug. It's coming at you. Because love abounds more and more. Let it abound more and more and more and more. And that we would be filled with love. This love that brings this whole idea of there's this knowledge and discernment around it. That we know who Jesus is. And, and we discern of people's situations and discern their hour and where they are. And, and, and it's a, the question that we should ask is, what's required of me in this moment? What's required of me in this moment as I'm beginning to read this scripture, I'm beginning to read this as a church, as the church of Luminous, as I begin to read this, what's required of me in this moment, God? What would you have of me? How would I begin to exhibit my love on one another? The reason that we get to love is because we're not just saved, but we are adopted in John 1, 12, 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Even to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. That we were born of God. That we are in Christ. For those who are in Christ, they get to love, and their love gets to abound more and more. For those who are not in Christ, they're constantly looking for an external situation to define their present condition. But God is saying, no, there's, a, there's an internal situation that's happening in you, that happened in you. It's called remaining in the vine, and as you remain in the vine, you bear much fruit. And, and Pastor Rich said this so well, and I just have to say it again because I've been thinking about it all week. That's when you know you're a good pastor, when you get somebody to think about something all week. i got to work on that. And they remained in the vine and, and bear much fruit. And he said, he said, when somebody bites into you, what do they get? What do they get? Do they get, do they get love? Do they get patience? Do they get kindness? Do they get goodness? When somebody cuts you off in traffic, hmm? What do, they, what do they get? What, what kind of fruit is in your life? How, how have you been remaining in the vine? How has this happened? If you remember your worth in Christ, it is able for you to begin to speak other people's worth. You begin to start speaking over other people's life. Like, no, this is who you are. This is who God's made you. How do you know that, Ben? Because that's what he did for me. And that's what happens when you're in the vine. Is that you bear this fruit that is so, so amazing. And I just, I'm so confused. Why are we doing a big trunk or treat? Because we're bringing an extension of the vine to a parking lot so that people would come and that they would taste it and bear much fruit and they would see it. And as all these things are going crazy and Alyssa's yelling, you just remind her that she's in the vine. <laughs> Chase, that's for you. Um, 
But people are constantly looking, you know. It's amazing how many people are looking for fruit but go to a pecan orchard. You know, it's like, man, I'm looking for fruit and all, all, that, all this nuts. Like, like just, just trying to satisfy everything by the next gadget, the next toy, the next vacation. I'm so thankful y'all gave us a small lock and terror. My wife is so ecstatic. Um, but I pray, you know, <laughs> that the gospel would make us just as ecstatic, if not more, because, because another marriage and another kid and another raise and all those things are amazing because God loves to make you happy. He wants to make you happy. He, like, he delights when you're happy. He loves the cheer and the joy and the smiles and all that stuff. But, but, but he wants joy. He wants it to flow from joy. You've just been glad that you're a son? Have you been glad that you're a daughter, that you're chosen, that you were handpicked? That you were handpicked. This is amazing. This is what happens. And then, and then the gospel is spread. The gospel is spread. And we see this throughout scriptures. The gospel is spread all over the place. And, and what we have here in this next passage, 12 through 18, is that different people were speaking, speaking the gospel. And they're speaking in different contexts. And, and you know what? There was people who were speaking the gospel with well intent. Like, I don't care what it gets me. This is for you. I, I, it's a selfless gospel. It's not about planes or bigger churches or bigger buildings or the bins that Pastor Ben's been praying for for a long time. Just kidding. It's not about that. It's about, it's about the gospel and who Jesus is. And, and I want you to preach the, the gospel and the truth of the gospel. But, but, but I want to tell you something. that There's a 1,000 churches in this city. And there's 944,000 people who don't claim any religion or any sort of faith. They, they, they were pretty much walking agnostics. Don't really know if there's a faith. And, and it's going to take more than one church and three churches and five churches. And it's going to take more than churches just fighting churches. A house divided against itself shall not stand. If a city's going to be reached with the gospel, there has to be churches upon churches who start linking with churches upon churches and saying, hey, you know what? I don't care what you drive. I don't care about that helicopter. I don't care about any of that. I just care that the gospel's going forth. I'm just caring that you're preaching Jesus. I'm just praying. I care about that. And, and yes, there's a more excellent way. And I pray that when the Holy Spirit reveals some error that you have, Pastor Ben, when you're preaching the gospel on I pray that you repent of it. You know, I really hope that you do. I'm talking to third person. That's weird. And I really hope that happens. But but what I care about is that the gospel would go forth. I care about the gospel. It's amazing. It's we're doing a trunk or treat. You, you don't know how, how religious people are until you do a trunk or treat. All of a sudden, you get the Facebook messages. You get the notes on the door. You get all sorts of stuff like, oh, man, I can't believe you're doing that. You know what kind of holiday this is. How do you participate in that and all that stuff? I go, you know what? Maybe I'm missing it. But, you know, 400 people maybe, hopefully, prayerfully, are going to hear the gospel because Everybody who gets a bag is getting a little invitation to accept Jesus. And we have these gospel tracks that we're putting in all of these. And some people will throw them away, but, but some people will be drawn to Christ. And they'll know that God loves me and that, that I have sinned. But Jesus died for me because he wants me and he loves me. And I need to make a decision to live for God. And, and, and I'm going to be presented with the gospel. And, and, and you know what? Maybe we're not doing perfectly. Maybe we don't do it great. I, I'll just admit that. We don't. We're not the perfect church. You want the perfect church. There ain't no perfect church. I said ain't for emphasis. And, and I'm just saying is we're going to share the gospel. It's going to be awesome. And we're not going to make it weird for your friends. Like we're not going to do an altar call in the parking lot. No, bring your friends. It's not going to be weird. 
We're just going to get a card and a bag, and, and maybe the Holy Spirit wants to illuminate who Jesus is to them that night, that moment, that day. Christ and more Christ. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Verse 21. For me, to live is Christ, and die is gain. And, and I just, I just want to say this, is that when you die, it's a promotion. And I know that's so cliche, and we're in the book of cliche, so there's going to be a lot more of that coming over the next four weeks. But, but it's a promotion, and it's amazing. And the only one who mourns is the people who are here. And, and God allows mourning so we can have healing, and, and we can start walking in a deeper depth of who he is. It's amazing, and I'm so thankful for that. But for now, I live for Christ. And luminous, will we live for Christ? Will we live for Jesus? Will we live for who he is? I love, I love what Dwight Moody, Dwight L. Moody said, the great preacher. He said this, someday you will read in the papers that D.L. Moody of East Northfield is dead. He said, don't you believe a word of it. At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. Man, I believe that. There's going to be a day when we're going to be fully known and we're going to know him fully. I think we're already fully known, FYI. But we're going to know him fully, and it's amazing, and it's going to be beautiful, and I'm so excited for that. And it's going to be what God has called us to do. To live is Christ. It's Christ. Christ crucified. Christ resurrected. Christ glorified. Christ came to save. Christ came to rescue. Christ came to bring hope. Christ came to adopt. Christ came to bring life. Christ came to help you with your discouragement. Christ came to bring, bring everything that you need, that we would be together in Christ. Oneness in Christ. Verse 27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or am absent, Paul writes, I may hear of you that you are standing firm. In one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. It's been my ultimate prayer that our church would grow that maturity. Side by side. Oneness for faith. Not in Ben Chapman. Not in Luminous Church. But in the gospel of Jesus. That's our prayer. That's our cry. Would you stand with me as I pray for you before we leave this morning? As you stand, I want to read an encouragement to you. John Chrysostom. A missionary wrote this as he, was, as he was captured. He wrote this when his life was threatened. He said, if the empress wishes to banish me, let her do so. The earth is the Lord's. If she wants to have me sawn asunder, I will ha have Isaiah for an example. If she wants me to be drowned in the ocean, I think of Jonah. If I'm to be thrown in the fire, the three men in the furnace suffered the same. If cast before wild beasts, I remember Daniel in the lion's den. If she wants me to be stoned, I have before me Stephen, the first martyr. If she demands my head, let her do so. John the Baptist shines before me. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked shall I leave this world. Paul reminds me, if I still pleased men, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want to pray that we would quit pleasing man and we would please the one who paid the price for us, who paid the price that no one else could pay, and that we live a life as he would call us to live by word and by deed. Father, I just thank you for your church. I thank you for who you are. I pray, God, we would be able to stand firm. God, whether we're in chains, 
whether it's with our coworkers, God, whether it's just in the parking lot this evening, whatever it may be, I pray that Christ would be glorified, that you would be honored. And God, I thank you that we get to live for you. Better is one day in your courts. Can't wait for that day. But we live now. And Lord, I pray that the gospel would go forth now. That Jesus, we stand firm in our faith, not shaken, not moving, immovable, unshakable. That you make an impossibility possible. So Lord, give us strength to strength, glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen.